everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is James. And my name is Amy. And today we have Morgan Grace with us on the podcast. Morgan is a poet who writes fantasy novels, which is exactly <laughs> like myself. So very, very happy about that. Um, and Morgan, the reason that we have brought you on is because, very exciting for us, and obviously, hopefully for you too, <laughs> is that you, and I can't exactly remember what the program is called, but it's, you have received a basic income for artists in Ireland. Is it a grant or is it a, would you say it's a subsidy? A it grant? is, it's, so it's called, the, yeah, the basic income for the arts. It's mm. a new funding scheme by the government yeah. to support the arts. Amazing. Incredible. And it's been going not that long now, right? No, it only started. So we put our applications in, in like April last year and then got accepted uh September so it's only been going since October last year very new so cool and I guess the the reason we're excited to get you on is first of all to talk about the program and what's happening in Ireland with the program but also just to see how that's impacted your life and your art as well yeah yeah absolutely I'm super interested in how I was just saying this to Morgan before we press record, like how structurally like uh, like our institutions can support artists and allow us to have more space to create. And, you know, there's so many different ways that they can do that, um, you know, and this was really interesting to hear from you, Morgan, as to like what this means for you. And I know it's early in the game, but it's still really interesting to see how this could, you know, help you and support you as an author and a writer. I was wondering, I guess, to start with, maybe just to contact for context for people, if you could go over, you know, what is the art, what is the, what does it entail? How, you know, if you're not comfortable talking about how much money the government gives you, how if there's strings attached, what the criteria was, these mm-hmm. sort of things. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, it's a new funding scheme uh, where they're giving artists a payment of 325 euros a week. So in Australian dollars, that's about $500 a week. Yeah. 2000 a month, about 26000 a year. So um, it's not insignificant. And it's a pilot program, which means they're still testing it out and they're going to be collecting data uh, to then hopefully inform future policy for how to support the arts. Uh, But it's pretty extensive pilot program. It's going to go on for three years. Uh, And it came about as part of a greater like economic recovery plan for Ireland post pandemic. Uh, So as you guys know, the art sector was like one of the hardest hit by COVID uh, and a lot didn't receive any support or received it very late. And at the same time, art is what a lot of us turn to Mm -hmm. when we're in times of difficulty and uncertainty. And so the government rightly realized that there was a real need for a recalibration to match how much we're supporting artists with how much value they give. There is a tagline here actually for a national radio station, which I love, supporting artists, supporting us. And that's essentially what the this income scheme is. You know, it's transformative for the artists involved, but the benefits will be felt by, you know, so many more and hopefully, you know, for years to come. I think it's so important to realize that artists really do support the rest of us. And that's something that gets lost in the rhetoric. I've been looking online lately at some of the conversation around this, because I don't know if you know, but um, the Labor government in Australia, before they were elected, they went to the election, not promising a basic income for the arts, but mentioning the Irish program and saying, that's something we're going to look into. 
And the arts minister has just recently said that they're not going to do it, I think, which has caused some discussion. But a lot of the rhetoric from maybe people who don't know that much about the arts sector is, oh, yeah, lazy artists, like, what do they ever do for us? Which is, to me, just, sorry, have you ever watched a show? Have you ever listened to music? Have you ever admired something beautiful? And the idea that these people should just do nothing and get paid nothing up until the point where they have an international blockbuster success just so mm. like is just ridiculous because you have to as you said as that tagline from the radio station says you have to support artists so that they can support us because if artists can't live and survive they've got no space to create yeah exactly what were the um like stipulations in terms of becoming part of this pilot program like how did how did you get involved was it hard uh, I would say the most difficult part for me was probably my imposter syndrome. Uh, I very, I know, you'll like this one. I very nearly didn't apply. Uh, some of the narratives in my head were, um, I'm not an artist. I'm a writer. That's not an artist. I'm not Irish. I'm Australian. I'm just living here. I'm not desperate enough I'm not deserving enough you know oh my god um, insert narrative here and I actually think um it was around the time that I found your account on Instagram when I was applying for this and I it was so helpful I felt like you were holding my hand (laughs) through it I'm so glad it was amazing but in terms of the actual process it was pretty straightforward there were three criteria of which you had to fulfill two. Uh, yeah, of which you had to fulfill two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the first one was you had to be a member of a certain arts organization or representative body. Um, that one I did not fulfill because all the ones for under literature, you had to either have been published or have a credit in script, something like that. Mm-hmm. I have all those to look forward to. And then the other two, um, one was to provide proof of your work, creative practice. So for me, that meant I sent in my manuscript, poems, synopsis. Um, You had to show engagement within the field as well. So that was sort of screenshots of uh, my profile on Instagram, some awards and grants, that kind of thing. And then the third criteria was you had to provide proof of some kind of payment or income from your art. Uh, So again, this one was a bit tricky for me because, as you know, as authors, you know, you will work for a long time on a project and before you see any monetary return, if ever any. (laughs) Um, So for me, that was actually, I've had a couple of my poems featured on TV ads here. So I was able to fill it that way. So yeah, those were the three criteria. Interesting. So it's still fairly strict. Like you still have to, So I think an argument is that or people are just going to, everyone's going to be applying for this grant, which once again, I, I mean, I, I have no problem with that. If, if the government wants to give out more free money, I'm okay with that. But <laughs> I think that that is maybe from the more conservative side of politics, people go, oh, well, people are just going to quit their jobs and they're all going to just say they're artists. But I think it's just like everything. There's going to be, there's a framework and there's there are uh, as criteria and there are systems in place to they may ensure that actual artists are implying for that. But at the same time, it's like, that's quite an extensive list of things, you know? It's true. It would be tricky for someone who had never had any opportunities yet for their art, who was still in an early phase to, to get the grant still. Yeah, definitely. And they were, it, it was delayed a lot because they were pretty strict. Like I got emailed several times 
where they were asking for more proof for this or, you know, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they were pretty um, extensive. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like a grant, like get people getting to quit their jobs to mm-hmm. be able to be an artist full time because you need proof of having built up at least something yes. alongside that. Yeah. Really interesting. First of all, I just want to say I'm so proud of you for applying for it because like that imposter syndrome is huge. And like there would have been so many narratives for you to work through. And I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for you and you are so deserving <laughs> of it. And I just I love that. And I love that you say that that was the biggest hurdle because I bet you there are so many people that could have applied but didn't not because they didn't you know fit the criteria, but because they didn't believe they deserve it. Mm-hmm. And that is just, you know, it's such a hard narrative that we're working against that you know we aren't deserving of support for our art or that we're not we're not enough we're not doing enough we aren't being enough and I'm really proud that you that you like moved through those narratives and took what you like super super deserve and Amy and I were saying before we hit record that Morgan your Instagram page is amazing we absolutely love your poetry um we love their page it it is just it's It's visually stunning stunning. your words are stunning. stunning and it's like so what if you haven't had a mainstream publisher? Like that is what you're doing. It's so important. Right now is so important mm-hmm. and it's so deserving of being recognized. Yeah. And it's amazing. What an amazing. I don't know why. Like, I think this is kind of silly, but like for some reason the the idea, and it's like, I've never really sat and thought about it, but the idea of like my government, like supporting my art, it's like really bizarre and kind of like, I don't know what it makes me feel like almost a little bit emotional, like being institutionally supported for making art. There's something kind of like just so foreign, like we are just not supported like that as artists. Did you have any kind of, I mean, what was your reaction to like, I mean, you're being supported by the government where you live. It's bizarre. Uh, firstly, just big thank you for what you said before. <laughs> yeah. It means the world to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is a strange one, Mm. but I think uh, the fact that it is strange is the problem. Yeah, we think it's strange. You know, Mm. I think what Ireland is doing is bold, but it is the right thing. Yeah. yeah, So this this is the first of its kind in the world, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, And crazy, but kind of not surprising because. You know, Ireland has such a rich cultural history. Uh, yes, I'm really proud to live here at the moment. Oh my so obviously God, it has yeah. a very religious background that maybe you, you don't see in yes. Australia. But yeah. and that exactly, leads yeah. to a different milieu. Yeah, so so interesting. I think, yeah, you're right. It is something that it really shocks me and surprises me. And even as I just do a thought experiment, thinking about what it would be like to feel that supported by like the institutions in which I live, like it makes me feel, I don't know why, but my first reaction is like emotional, like, oh my God, like, but it shouldn't make me feel that way. Like, I think it's a, it's a testament to like how alone artists are structurally and like we do things alone we have to support ourselves alone like we don't get support that we deserve especially when all we do is support and hold other people exactly and I I just actually just did a big rant post um on LinkedIn about this because I was saying uh, I don't know if you know Morgan but I do a lot of shit posting on LinkedIn (laughs) which is essentially just joke posting but then I, I did a serious post for maybe the first time ever and I just said, I linked to this article in the Sydney Morning Herald, which was about uh, the Labor minister saying we're not going to have a basic income. And what I said was, it really annoys me that a lot of the comments are that, you know, artists should just rely on the free market. It's the free market, the free market, the free market. And I go, do you know, almost no industry besides the art is arts are forced to rely on only the free market. Especially in Australia, we subsidize minerals and resources. We subsidize um, infrastructure. We mm. subsidize education. We subsidize, Amy and I, are getting an export grant from the government because we sell a lot of our goods to America and Europe, you know, the government's just going to hand out, just, it will hand out 
tens of billions of dollars this year to support every other industry, basically, except for the arts. And the arts are just, for some reason, it's one rule for the arts and a different rule for everyone else. And everyone just suddenly, these armchair economists come out and just start talking about the free market when the free market doesn't really exist. It's heartbreaking to me. Mm. It's also interesting when you think about, you know, if someone else were to go to a job and get their normal salary, you know, the output that they would have, you know, their their salary is not based on these like individual bits of output. They are paid uh, to show up and do the work. And sometimes they'll work more days than not. Whereas for an artist, you know, you're often paid based on the output, you know, and there's no consideration for all the in-between. So I think that's what's so great about this is that you're not being paid for this piece of work that you did. You're being paid to do the practice and just do the work. And it's just this ongoing support. And I think that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like it does. I've been like, why do I feel emotional about this? Like it's so beautiful. And it's just like, you're right. Like artists are always, always rewarded for the end product. And we're the ones that have to put the emphasis on the on the process and the practice of creating. And we're the ones that have to try so hard to like, you know, realize that there is so much reward and success in the process itself. But here you have an example of actually being rewarded for the process by an external space. And that's so cool. I think maybe it would be nice to talk about now. I'm sorry if this is jumping the gun a little bit, but how it has affected you personally Mm. and what has the grant allowed for you to do? Yeah. Have you, have you been creating more? So so my main project at the moment uh, is this series of fantasy novels. So the grant has allowed me to keep working on that, which is really great because it's just a big project. It takes a lot of time, Mm -hmm. but I've also done more on the side as well. So like you were saying earlier, this um, poem a day project that I'm starting on Instagram and TikTok and a few other things as well. So I do think it's pushed me to be a little bit more brave um, it's really helped personally as well. Like just like literally the night before that I received the news, my husband and I were having a pretty frank chat about finances and whether we could afford to stay in Ireland. You know, um, cost of living has just skyrocketed here in the last couple of years. It's not the place um, that it was when we mm. first moved here. Um, we've been able for the past like few years, I'm really lucky Tom has supported us both on his salary. He was kind of like my scheme before the scheme, <laughs> much, more hands- <laughs> much more handsome one, if I was say so. <laughs> um, and we were able to do that for a couple of years. He was able to support us both while I wrote and I'm, you know, so grateful for that, but it's just not really the case anymore. So this has been, you know, a a real huge support for us both. And I think it means a lot to him. You know, it sort of in a way validates his support as well. I think it feels like a certain amount of respect that I've never felt from any external structure really ever. And I think that I'm just trying to sit with like what I feel about this. Like it feels like they're respecting us as creatives and there's just like Mm -hmm. such a lack of that. And I think that's why I feel emotional about it because it's like someone who like 
we just haven't, I, you know, I feel invisible. I feel inconsequential. I feel forgotten. I feel unwanted almost and taken advantage of. And, but they're saying, no, like I respect you. I see your work and I want you to be paid for it. And there's something so fucking beautiful about that. I mean, I agree because Morgan, what you've been doing for the last few years should be respected. Yes. It's amazing. And it's awesome. And it's a huge accomplishment. And just working on something creative like that is, a, as you said, a huge undertaking and worthy of, as Amy said, respect. Yeah. And so many people in society will not view it that way simply because you're not getting rewarded monetarily, yeah. which is bullshit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you felt any like pressure or have you felt like, has that shifted your relationship with your art in any way? Like I'm interested, I mean, it might not have at all, um, but I'm just interested in like how being paid for the process. Has that changed the process? I, I think it's been the opposite. It's taken the pressure off from me. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. Uh, and at the same time, it's given me this wonderful, I don't know what the word for this is. I feel like there should be a word for this, but creators will know this feeling. It's like this urgency, this like exciting urgency that you feel to create. So it's given me uh, a bit of, you know, that feeling to really make the most of the three years, but uh, not pressure notes no it's I love that pressure. it's kind of like it's like pressure but on the beautiful magical kind of side of it it's like this mm. like hunger and urgency mm. like alchemy it's like yeah yeah it's like bubbling happening yeah I, I wonder um if there was a study that I remember oh, if only I could remember the details of it but basically it was like when you are under financial stress you lose x IQ points essentially and I wonder if a lot of artists if given this opportunity to be paid a little bit more for their art suddenly it does open up their ability for their brain just to their mind just to as you said relax and just become more fully what it can be and reach its potential more do you do you feel like the i mean this is very subjective but do you feel like it's affected the quality of your work ooh yeah definitely i think i'm in the revision process mm. of the uh the first novel in the series at the moment and yeah i'm i I'm happy to say or proud to say that I'm really proud with the work that I've done since right. I've gotten it. You know, these first few chapters that I've rewritten and revised. Um, and that was really the aim of this whole scheme as well. You know, they wanted to make sure that artists weren't just recovering after the mm. pandemic, but were really flourishing. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> Why does it get to me? I know. Are they going to check in on? <laughs> are they going to check in on you and ask you questions? Are they going to do their own surveys and interviews? As you said, because it's a pilot program, right? So I'm guessing they're collecting data and. Yeah, so they send you questionnaires every six months. Uh, we've only done so far. We've only done like the beginning one, the baseline survey, uh, and the questions pretty extensive. The questions that they ask you, a lot of it is to do with how you divide up your time, how much time you're getting to spend on your art versus other areas in your life. But they're also looking at what other work you do, what's your family life, um, you know, what's your mental health, that kind of thing, well-being. Amazing. James, I wanted to ask, you were talking a bit before uh, before we jumped on about the response from the Labour Minister in Australia saying what he, he said something dumb. Yeah, I've got the quote. Um, and I want you to say it out loud. Okay, so I want to talk about Arts it. Minister Tony Burke said this week when talking about how best to support artists, he said, I'm wary of the universal income campaign. 
that model can create distance between artists and audience. And I prefer models that bring artists and audiences closer. Okay. I don't even know if I have anything to say because I literally don't understand what the fuck he's talking about. I think he's like panicked because he knows that um, a lot of industries get free labor out of artists by making artists say, if you're a musician, by making having gigs that you do for exposure, for example, and a lot of these sort of arts workers that are exploited essentially are going to, this is a very cynical view of it, uh, are going to suddenly, if they start demand money, it's going to break down that exploitation relationship maybe. I mean, that's fucked if that's true. Do you take anything from that, Morgan? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think the logic is kind of flawed, mm. but also I think there's sort of this arrogance in it that he should be speaking for artists. Like, how does he know what brings an artist closer or further away to people? I'm sorry like I just don't understand like he's like do you is he worried he's gonna feel further away from his favorite author if his author gets like 30 grand extra a year it's like only artists that are poor mean something mean something to me or something or uh, I I want to be able to be a patron to an artist so I can feel like I own oh maybe that's about what it is it's like an ownership of artists like I have to pay them in order to receive like something the funny thing is that two writers um two Australian writers wrote a forward to the government's, I don't know, what is it, pamphlet or findings on the art sector. And they were basically like, we do not agree with these findings. Well, oh, that's in, with the, what was in with the pamphlet. With what was in the report. Right. Apparently the the, mm, the government allowed them to write. They're like, well, you can write whatever you want and we won't change it. And so they're like, okay, well, we don't agree. <laughs> it's like, we, we appreciate the effort and we think that there are some interesting ideas in here, but we think you need to go further. Yeah, super interesting. You did mention something something that we haven't mentioned either which is this sort of attachment that we have to the poor starving artist um image and like romanticism around that yeah and how that needs to go we i don't know and it's been that way for so long and this idea of like even if you look back in in the like i don't know like 17 1600s of like the patron and the artist and the rich have to look after Mm -hmm. the poor and like the the poor artists but it was something like yeah you're right like romanticized um poor creatives and i feel like we've been kept in that story again and again and again by just these cultural narratives that are super strong and people for some reason like their creatives struggling and it's so painful to see and we are missing out on some incredible art because we're so committed to this story like socially and it's so sad it's an industry that people not only are happy to exploit but they believe it deserves to be exploited for some reason and i don't understand why that is and i think you're right it's some kind of deep cultural narrative and it's bad it's bad yeah it's yeah maybe jealousy maybe like i don't i can't understand why we they would be so intent on this yeah uh, i mean i'm speechless yeah <laughs> so so just want to so your husband um obviously has been really, um on this journey with you too and has he i don't know this is a bit of a big question but do you think he's noticed any change in you, do you has your, has it helped i guess it would help your relationship, your relationship like anything? by easing those financial issues i'm sure that's a good question i i think he was such a big supportive for me so before this I worked um after studying I then went into advertising to work as a creative because it's really yep. hard to earn money as a creative 
So advertising is one of those, of you know, course. Um, places that you go into as a creative, sort of as a quasi-creative role, but I was really unhappy doing that. And uh, he was like one of the big, biggest supporters of me to leave that. And I didn't even know at the time what I wanted to do. I was working as a copywriter, but that was kind of an accident. And I just had this like idea in the back of my head that I just kept thinking about and went to work and said, I think I want to give this a go. Can I drop down to four days a week so I can write this book for one day a week? And I naively thought they would say yes, because I'm a creative for them, you know, one would surely kind of support the other. Uh, they didn't. And I do get it, you know, if they make an exception for one, it sort of sets a precedent. Um, but that was liberating for me because I said, okay, I'm going to quit. Go on. Yeah. And that was the change in me from advertising to writing full-time. That was certainly a huge like shift for me. And he always says that was the biggest, that was the best thing that we ever did. Mm. You're so much happier now. And I do really feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I think it was starting and I have been so in love with, I mean, it's tough, <laughs> tough yeah, yeah. too, <laughs> um, but I love it so much, but it was starting to get a bit stressful at the end there because, you know, looking at the finances and needing to pick up other work and did I maybe need to go back full time to do something, you know, so then, and that impacts your work. Of course. So I think it's definitely taking the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just think back to, you know, all the jobs that I did before I was able to go full time and how much pain I was in. Like I was so, and I always feel very, um, like sensitive talking about this because I feel like I am so sensitive and I feel a bit of, I still have lingering shame around it, but like, I just couldn't hack these jobs. And I knew what I wanted mm. to do, just like, you know, what you're here to do. And I was like, why am I struggling so much? You know, I was waitressing, I was in like corporate jobs and I was so fucking depressed. And when I was finally able to remove myself from that and just do what I wanted to do and create, like I, I was completely changed and to think that like schemes like this could liberate people of like work that is literally choking them and making them so miserable mm. and allow them to do the thing that they're here to like here to do like like divine purpose here to do you know like fuck it just makes me so excited and I am really excited about this program and I'm excited for what you are doing and I'm, again I'm just so proud of you I also oh, I love that the you. program is no strings attached because it's just that is such a liberating thing to have, right? It's just, there's there's nothing I have to do. There's no requirements that anyone has for me for the next three years. It's just, there's going to be money in my bank account. I know, and I know it's not a huge amount of money, but it's still, no. someone's saying no strings attached, you are enough right now. Mm. That's really Yeah, cool. absolutely. You don't have to provide any proof of your work or progress. And I hadn't, uh, um, I should mention, I haven't said this yet, that the selection process was uh, randomized and anonymized. So they used a special program for it. So even the selection process was not based on merit. It wasn't, oh. it's not based on the merit of your work, the quality of your work. It's purely the fact that you are an artist and you're making work. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. I love it. I love that. Also because certain, also certain art forms are it's, you know, you have to show a body of work, but that can mean a different thing for for different art forms. And if suddenly if you go, you have to have 10 things of this quality, you know, what's the director's 
quality and what's a writer's quality and what's a so it's also too subjective i'm yeah, glad they went that direction because it could get yeah. pretty, pretty dicey yeah <laughs> and I I, think, yeah also I you know if you, you you assign that to a bureaucrat and who doesn't know anything about the arts and they're going to be going they're going to have no the last person in the world that you want to be doing <laughs> that right is a government bureaucrat i think it's it's just like whatever yeah maybe very maybe cool. an investment banker would be worse but totally <laughs> just <laughs> Um, amazing. Do you have any more things on your heart? No, James? I think that's, I mean, uh, do you have anything else that you have like on your heart, Morgan, anything that has been I, an experience that you want to share? I think I just wanted to emphasize what you were just saying earlier when you were talking about how doing all those jobs was just soul, soul sucking for you. Uh, and I think, yeah, I could not agree more the feeling is just, it's really hard to explain, but it's, you know, you, it was high stress for me, but it was also this like, it's almost like grief, like, because you know that you're meant to be doing something else, something more. So it's like you're grieving what not, not what you were, but what you sh- know you should be, you know, like you're grieving your potential. And so I just, yeah my heart goes out to like any creatives that are feeling that. Yeah. Um, because when you find, when you're able to do what you love and what you know you're meant to be doing and you're supported for that, there's no better feeling in the world. I just love that. And you speak so beautifully, like that is so profoundly true. And this is like the world that I wish for. And I just yeah, wish mostly like, and because it's, I think it's because it's been my greatest pain, as you say, like that grief, like I just want people who want to create full-time to be able to create full-time. Like I have such a heart mm. for people who are stuck in jobs that just like suck their soul out. Like I just feel their pain so acutely just as you do. And I just want liberation for them. And I want creation for and, them. You know, society doesn't need more advertisers. It needs more it artists. Doesn't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It makes me incredibly hopeful this conversation and yeah. makes me really excited about ways that we can support artists and yeah yeah thank you so much for sharing yeah thank your experience. you i also i also ha- wrote a small poem did for you today. yeah I, amazing my heart which i thought i might read if that's okay yeah, of course Please. we would love that um okay let me pull it up so uh as i briefly mentioned in the emails with you guys uh it's kind of fortuitous that we're recording today because today in Ireland is a new public holiday the first one ever in honor of a woman oh it's in honor of Brigid who is an old Celtic goddess and she's off she's associated with creativity and rebellion and wisdom so I was like Amy are you Brigid reincarnated <laughs> I love oh that. my god divine synchronous magic so yeah this is a little poem um, about that today we honor Bridget the Celtic goddess of old giver of wisdom lover of poems with her creative rebellious soul but though it's a holiday for some not for me not today I'll be sitting down as usual to write my stories and poems and plays I'll honor her not by stopping, but by continuing to create. I'll give thanks with every notebook. I'll rebel with every word. I'll remember this practice is sacred, as true for me as it was for her. Because here's the thing. 
It doesn't matter if you're a goddess or that little girl on her bed who was nothing but that need and a scrappy old pen. Wisdom for a woman is knowing your worth. Wisdom for a writer is doing the work. Amazing. Oh. Thank you so much Thank for sharing you, that. Thank you, Thank you. It was beautiful. <laughs> it's so stunning. You are magic. <laughs> and I would just love to say to anyone listening to this that you should go and check out Morgan. But we'll have we'll put a link to your Instagram if there's anywhere else you want us to direct people to. Yeah. Um, just to to share and to see Morgan's oh, words because yeah, they're come. so great. I, I just uh, literally last week downloaded TikTok for the first time, and yeah. I think I have seven followers. So um, if we can get that to like. 11 followers well, that would be, be really cool. <laughs> I was, I'm interested to see how much um poetry content and TikTok will gel because I think it's mm, yeah, interesting, really interesting market. No, um, yeah I'm I'm kind of just testing I'm really interested as well to see yeah. across the two platforms I'm putting the same poems on both Instagram and TikTok as reels or on TikTok yeah and I'm really curious to see mm. how they both amazing and we do want to let you know Morgan that we actually have one TikTok follower at the moment and it's a bot <laughs> so you did also started, yeah exactly we also started our account so hey, love time, for the bots. So. <laughs> you know they were there when no one else was it's a bot who's been banned <laughs> from tiktok so it's like this account doesn't exist anymore it's but, a naughty oh, bot it's, it's a naughty, a naughty bot. bot exactly well perfection well thank you so much morgan like truly so grateful go follow and indulge in those words like oh i just felt oh, this has been mm, beautiful indulge. i'm so great so grateful for you Thank you so much, Morgan. This has been so magic. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Bye. Okay. <laughs>